I understand that uh, Brother Travis, he uh, preached last week. Boy, he's a, he's a good little preacher boy, ain't he? I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord uh, some years back uh, in Fort Pierce, Florida. And uh, uh, he's been a real blessing to me. I, I count him as one of my own youngins. And uh, him and my son, my baby son, worked together uh, down in Florida. And me and my wife come in one evening from doing something. I don't know what it was, but there he was sitting in my carport and uh, said, Preacher, I, I want to get saved. I said, you're at the right place at the right time. Amen. <laughs> and thank God he got saved. And uh, I, I got to tell on him, though, uh, he, me and him, you know, I, I pastored uh, Bethel Baptist Church for nearly 30 years down in Fort Pierce, Florida. And, uh, of course, uh, as a pastor, you, you know, you go visit the hospitals and things of that sort. And so I asked him one day, I said, you want to you wanna go with me to the hospital? I got to go make a visit. Uh, one of our elderly ladies is in there, and, and uh, uh, you'll enjoy it. So he went with me, and we was in there, and uh, I was talking to her. And while I was talking, he was over uh, eating her peanuts. And uh, he, uh, matter of fact, he ate all of them, every one of them. And so we started to leave, and we had prayer. And Travis looked at her and said, ma'am, said, man, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, didn't realize what I was doing, but I'm sorry I ate all your peanuts. She said, that's all right, son. She said, I done sucked all the chocolate off of them. <laughs> Got your Bible. If you will, turn with us to Psalms chapter number 12. Psalms chapter number 12. Say once again, it is good to be here and uh, trust it will be a blessing to you. I feel like I've got the message for the hour this morning and... Uh, I trust that it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, Psalms chapter number 12, got your place, amen. amen. All right, verse number one. We're just going to read one verse due to time this morning. Uh, I done been told there's a clock back there uh, somewhere. <laughs> I, I can't see, that's why I'm wearing glasses, so I guess I can preach as long as I want to. Huh? <laughs> uh, Psalms chapter 12, verse number one. Help, Lord. For the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fall from among the children of men. Let's pray. Father, I do love you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you give us today to come and uh, uh, to preach your word and share your word with the church. And thank you for all these that made their way out. I, I know, Lord, that there's many other things that the devil could have showed them and uh, to do today, but I'm glad they rather chose to come and to worship you this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you just give them a double portion of your blessings because they honored you and they come and, uh, uh, Lord, to uh, worship you this morning. Take your word now, Lord, and use it greatly today. Help me as your servant that I'd be able to preach as a dying man to a dying world. Forgive us where we failed you. Help us to love you more in these last days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, you can be seated. And uh, I, I, I want to try to bring a message of encouragement to you this morning. Uh, I had a title for the message, 
it would be help Lord. Help Lord. Have you ever been in the time in your life that uh, you needed to say those words? Help Lord. I mean, troubles, and especially in the day and hour that we live in, you don't know which way to turn. You don't know what to do, what to say. And uh, so you just say, help Lord. Now, uh, David here, he, he used these words here, help Lord. Now, uh, if you will notice, uh, most of the time when we give our plea uh, to the Lord, uh, we'll give our plea and then we'll say, help Lord. But notice David here. David's in such a shape and such a way that uh, he says, help Lord first before he ever even gives his plea. So he's in a dying strait here. Notice this, if you will, that, uh, that the comma, notice that comma after help. That comma simply represents uh, 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 the uh, a des- desperation need here. I mean, he's in bad shape. David's in bad shape. And so we see that uh, comma there. He's simply saying, Lord, I'm a goner. I'm a goner, Lord. And then notice, notice the word Lord there. That word Lord, uh, that semicolon after the word Lord there. That simply means Lord I have nowhere else to go. You ever been in that shape in your life that, that, uh, that you feel like you ain't got nowhere else to go? If the Lord don't help you, I mean, you're a goner. If the Lord don't move in, if the Lord don't come and help you and give you strength, uh, listen, you just ain't going to make it. Well, this is the shape David's in right now when he's saying, help Lord. Now, when do we use these two words, help Lord? Well, I'm going to give you two or three times in your life that will happen, if it hadn't already, that you can use these words, help Lord. I can say, number one, when there is inside pressure. When there's inside pressure in there, you need to use the word, help Lord. You you know, it's easy. It's easy to uh, overlook, and it's easy not to say anything when that pressure's not on you. When that pressure's on somebody else, it's easy to shout, and it's easy to go, and it's easy to, you know, to be jolly and all the things that goes with that. But David's in the shape here now. He ain't got no joy. He ain't got all that that goes with joy. And, and, uh, and so we know he's got that inside pressure there. Now, some friend of mine, when I was pastoring in Okeechobee, I pastored in Okeechobee around 10 years, and then I pastored in Fort Pierce around 30 years, and, and, uh, and so that's the only two churches that I pastored. I've uh, been preaching now for around 50 years and pastored for 40 years, and, and uh, I would still be pastoring down there, but I come down with sarcoidosis, and the doctor said because of my lungs that I had to give up pastoring, and so I said, well, if I got to give up pastoring, I'm going to move up to Alabama, and I'm going to give my son a fit, amen? <laughs> and, uh, and so that's why that we're in Alabama. I look at my wife every now and then, and, and I say, man, did you ever dream that we'd be in Alabama? I mean, we was born and raised in Florida. I mean, listen, that's a place that you can use your airboat, and I had one. That's a place that you can use your bass boat, and I had one. 
place that you could use your ocean boat, and I had one of them. God was good to me. And so Fort Pierce was a place that, uh, I mean, listen, it was a, it was a man's dream. And uh, if I wanted to go fishing where nobody else fished, I got my airboat, and uh, I went to where nobody else could go. I airboat to go where, listen, I mean, that thing will run on this right here. And uh, you've got to have at least two foot of water to run a bass boat, amen? And so, uh, you know, whenever we went there, uh, I mean, uh, we had a great time. Let me just put it that way. Now, let's, let's look at this. I want to tell you about my friend in Okeechobee. He, he got broke into. He was a jolly guy and, uh, I mean, all the time laughing and, and I could just hear him laughing in the back of my mind right now. I mean, he had that there, that jolly laugh, you know. And, uh, so one day he come over and, uh, he wasn't laughing. I mean, he was a uh, frowning and he wasn't, wasn't looking too good. And I said, Butch, I said, what's wrong with you today? He said, man, we was broke into last night. Somebody broke in and stole my guns and, you know, a bunch of stuff. He went on about stuff that they stole and uh, tore up some of the stuff in his house. And, man, he was down. I mean, he had that inside pressure. You know what I'm talking about? He had that inside pressure. But it didn't, you know, it didn't really dawn on me that much. It didn't really affect me that much. I was saying, I said, now, Butch, uh, it'll be all right. I mean, you'll get over this thing. You'll get some more guns, and they may even find your guns. They may even find the fellow that broke in there. And uh, if they find him, then you both will go over and whoop him. Amen? And, uh, and so uh, it didn't help him none. He was still down. He was still depressed. And, and, uh, but my point is it didn't really affect me. I, it wasn't me. It wasn't my house that was broke into. It wasn't my guns that was stolen. But listen, one day it happened to me. One day my house was broken into. I had an old railroad pocket watch that my granddaddy had. It probably wasn't worth $20, but it was worth a million dollars to me because my granddaddy had it. And uh, they, they stole that thing. And they probably took it out because it didn't even run. They probably took it out and throwed it away. I mean, a, a, a watch that meant everything to me. You know how I look? Down. You know how I look? Depressed. And uh, why, preacher? Because I had that inside pressure in here. I mean, why in the world would somebody, listen, steal uh, pocket watch and of course other stuff too but that pocket watch meant more to me than anything and why would they do that man I had that inside pressure here and I mean I knew I knew what Butch was going through whenever it happened to me now friend listen to me when somebody comes to you and they've got that inside pressure they listen they're feeling down and depressed listen don't don't just overlook it don't just say well, you know, you'll get better and it'll, it'll be better, you know. I mean, listen, if, if they're weeping, weep with them. If they feel bad, feel bad with them. Listen, they need some help because of that inside pressure. Now, I want to read uh, from Psalms 55 uh, several verses there about David, about what's going on in David's life here. 
about that inside pressure. The Bible said in verse 1 in Psalms 55, you don't have to turn if you don't want to, but if you do, you can uh, read along with us there. It said, give ear to my prayer. O God, and hide not thy face from my supplication. David saying, Lord, if you've ever heard me, hear me now. If you've ever heard me, hear me now. I mean, he's down. This is one of these times that he's down. Notice verse number two here. It says, attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint. Boy, he's down. Amen. He's got that inside pressure. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. David saying, Lord, not only hear me, don't just hear me, but Lord, do something. Lord, help me. I, I've got a problem, Lord. I need your help. You ever been there? Uh, whenever it seems like nobody can help you but the Lord? Well, verse number three, watch this. It gets worse. Because of thy voice of the enemy, because of oppression of the wicked, watch this now, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in my wrath, they hate me. You ever been to the place in your life where you feel like everybody hates you? Feels like nobody cares for you? Feels like you're the only one doing something, or you're the only one there, and nobody else cares about you? I tell you, I've been there before, and I'm sure that you have, and that's that inside pressure. I tell you, that pressure is something else. Notice now in verse number four, my heart is sore pain within me and the terrors of death are falling upon me. He's saying, my heart is about to bust. Lord, this thing is so bad on me, my heart's about to burst. My heart's about to give out on me. Lord, I need some help and I need it now. Hear me, Lord. Now watch this here. In verse number five, fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. Boy, he's getting bad now. And horror hath overwhelmed me. God, if you don't help me, I'm a goner. Lord, if you don't help me, I'm going to just end it all. You say, preacher, you think a Christian can get that bad that he just wants to end it all? Sure they can. You may not have been there before, but if you live long enough, you'll probably be there. Preacher, you mean to tell me you would take your own life? Let me give you an illustration of what I'm saying. Whenever I went to the doctor and the doctor told me, now, now I'm talking about pastoring for 30 years, the same church. There's, there, there's people in my church that I prayed into this world now they're married and they're having kids. I mean, the church was, it was like my baby. The church meant everything to me. And of course, uh, I trust that I meant everything to them. And so when the doctor looked at me and said, uh, said, preacher, you got sarcoidosis. Now you probably never heard of that before. I'd never heard of it before. What it is, it's a first cousin to cancer. It works the uh, outside of the organ and not the inside of the organ. For an example, in my lungs, it had circled my lungs 
And uh, the doctor illustrated it to me like uh, uh, a balloon. You blow up a balloon and you stick that balloon down in flour dough. And you pull that balloon up and you let it sit there for a while and it hardens. Well, that's what Sarcor does to your organs, not just your lungs, but your main organs. It'll get around there, and it'll harden around it. Well, that's what it, uh, I had done to my lungs. You'll probably notice me at, at times that I try to catch my breath, but that's the reason why I don't have but like 40% lung capacity left. And the doctor looked at me, and he said this. He said, Preacher, I hate to tell you this, but you're going to have to quit preaching. I said, do what? He said, you're going to have to quit preaching. He said, if you keep preaching, if you keep pastoring, uh, listen, you ain't going to be here a year. I said, my goodness. I mean, boy, you're talking about inside pressure. You're talking about somebody that, listen, that was down. You talk about somebody that was depressed. You're looking at one. And uh, so I went home and uh, me and my wife, and we prayed about it. Lord, uh, you're going to have to take this thing away. Lord, I, I just can't handle this thing. You know the Lord knows what we can handle and what we can't, don't he? And, and so we just kept praying, and, and so I told my church, and I said, listen, I said, I hate to say this. I said, but i got to give up pastoring. And, of course, the church come apart, and, and, and you can understand that. And, uh, and so... Uh, I, I, I told the church, I said, uh, I said, man, you're going to have to pray for me. I said, this thing's killing me. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I can't hardly stand it. I look out and see the little babies, and then I look out and see the other ones, and I, I looked out and see ones that I had been to the hospital and prayed with, and I'd seen some that I had parties with. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, I loved them. I mean, I loved the church just like one of my kids, and and so and so when he told me I couldn't pastor no more, boy, it'd like to kill me. And so one day before we moved to Alabama, I done got with my son. My son come down, and uh, he told me, he said, Dad, he said, why don't you just come up there with me and help me? Why don't you just come up there with me? And I said, well, I can't preach, son. And uh, he said, well, don't worry about that. Just come up there and help me. Just be with me. And I said, well, that sounds good. And so he come down and helped us pack up and helped us move and all. But before he come, I got in my truck one day, and there was a place, a a dam on Gordy Road. It's called Gordy Road. People would go there fish, and there was a dam there. On one side, listen, that dam was real high. I mean, it was probably 30 foot deep. And on the other side, of course, the dam, it wasn't probably two or three foot deep. (laughs) excuse me and so I took my truck and I pulled it up to the 30 foot depth and I hadn't really said this a whole lot uh you know a lot of people don't even know about it but I took my truck and I pulled it up there and I said Lord if I can't preach I just don't even want to live and I meant it I mean I was serious I had that hey I had inside pressure I had, listen, I had pressure that I'd never had before. And uh, I rolled my, both windows down. I said, well, if I'm going to drive this truck off in there, I want the water to come in fast. I don't want to have to suffer. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, so I put the windows down, and I just sat there. And I sat there. And I sat there. You know, the Lord knew I was coming to Alabama. And I could see the Lord... If we can see the Lord, I can see the Lord 
grinning at me. I can see the Lord saying, son, if you only knew what I knew, if you knew that I was going to take care of you, I mean, if you knew that it was going to be all right, you wouldn't be even thinking about doing this. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it was so bad. That inside pressure was so bad that I was willing to take my life. And uh, David, he's at this place right here. That's, that's, that's where David's at right now. He's willing to take his life. And uh, I was willing to take my life then. Well, notice verse number six. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. David's saying here, he said, if I had wings like a dove, I'd leave this place. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something. You ever been to the place in your life that you would think, if I just move, get away from this place where nobody knows me, everything would be all right. You might say, preacher, if I could just leave my church, they don't love me anyhow. They don't shake my hand. I hear them talking about me in my back, you know, behind me. And, 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 and they don't love me no more. I'll just change churches. Inside pressure will make you do that. It'll make you think you can, if you just leave the country, everything will be all right. I'll just change churches. I look at some of these young people. And, uh, hey, buddy, how old are you? How old? 15. You play a guitar like that? Craig, day in the morning. I want to say something to you, buddy. Do you know most of, most of the country western music stars that, that you see uh, listen on TV that's rich today? You know they've done what you're doing right now first. Don't let that happen to you. Stay in church. I mean, love the Lord. Give that talent to God. That was just a commercial. I just seen you sitting there and thought I'd throw that in. <clears throat> now, 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 listen. David's in bad shape here now. Now, 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 watch this here. In verse 6, let me say it again. And I said, oh, that if I had wings like a dove, I'll leave here. Felt like moving. Felt like changing churches. Maybe, maybe there's a wife said, if I could just change husbands, God help us. Maybe there's a husband to say, if I could just change wives, man, I see his wife, boy, they honor him and boy, she loves him and I, we go somewhere to a party. She she fixes his plate, and and I mean, boy, she just does everything for him. If I had one like that, if you had one like that, it'd be just like the one you got. It may not be what this one does, but hey, she's got faults just like everybody else. I say, husband, stick with the one you got, because you only got one problem. You get another one, you got two problems. <laughs> Wife, stick with the one you got. He may not be what you think he ought to be, but listen, he's better than nothing. 
Listen, for, I got a daughter. She was divorced 13, 14 years ago, give or take. She's, she goes to our church, and she's a real blessing to our church. She got saved, and man, what a blessing she is now. But got a divorce. And man, I see her. I see her all the time. I mean, and I pray, Lord, surely there's a man for her somewhere. And, and I'm a thinking, Lord, don't let her stay by herself for so long she don't want another man. Because, listen, there's nothing like having fellowship. When I'm down, my wife encourages me. When she's down, I encourage her. I say, listen, baby, it's going to be all right. It's going to work out. And she does the same for me. Well, my daughter don't have that. She has an old dog that barks at her all the time. Amen. <laughs> and uh, me and my wife's got, got uh, three great-grandbabies. One of them's in North Carolina. God help her for moving off like that. And uh, the other two that's here, uh, uh, I, we had eight grandbabies, all of them girls. Every one of them girls. I said, Lord, are you going to give me a fishing buddy? And so one of my granddaughters finally had me a boy. And the one that moved to uh, North Carolina, uh, preacher's uh, Malcolm, uh, his daughter, uh, finally had me a boy. Of course, he don't do me no good. He's 100 miles away or 600 miles away, ever how far it is. So I got Bubba. That ain't his name. I, I can't even tell you his name. I, I've called him Bubba for so long. I, I, I had... Every now and then I'll go to school and pick up my, 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 my great-granddaughter. And, uh, and I call her Punky. And so uh, she wasn't out yet. And one of the teachers come up to me and said, Who are you waiting on? I said, Punkin. <laughs> and she looked at me like, Punkin? I said, Yeah, Punkin. And then another teacher that knew me and knew her come up and said, she's looking for so-and-so. I can't tell your name now. Harper. Harper. Thank you, baby. I told you she's a helpmate. And so, and so that teacher said, it's Harper. I said, thank you, ma'am. I appreciate that. Anyhow, we got it, we got it straightened out. But uh, Bubba, boy, I tell you, I love that boy. And, and he, loves, he loves his papa, too. And, uh, and every time... He gets in the car with me. Well, every time we go to dollar store, you know dollar store's got this one rack. Everything on it's a dollar. Toys and stuff like that. Everything on it's a dollar. And so he'll get in there with me, and we'll be riding down the road. He said, Papa, we going to the dollar store? I said, I don't think so, son. He said, now, Papa, I need a toy. Guess where we went? Dollar store. Well, you know, this COVID thing come about and all that stuff, and, and uh, I, I don't have it. I ain't had it, thank the Lord. But anyhow, uh, my grandson, Malcolm, my, my son, he won't let him come over. He said, Dad, he said, well, your lungs like that, you can't afford to even think about getting that stuff. So uh, he told my granddaughter, in fact, I felt like beating him because of it. He told my granddaughter, he said, don't take them babies over no more till all this stuff's cleared up. Well, I don't see my grandson no more. Well, my granddaughter come over the other day, and uh, this is another commercial. And, uh, and uh, she said, Papa, 
I just had to come over. We won't get out. You can stand out away from the window, but I've missed you so much. We just, we just want to see you. And of course, boy, whenever I seen her and I seen Pumpkin back there and, and I seen uh, Bubba back there and Bubba was trying to tear that seat up trying to get out there. And, uh, I said, Bubba, it won't be too much longer, son. We'll, we'll be able to get back together. And, uh, boy, I love that boy. He, uh, I get out there doing something to my boat. And uh, he's got to get in my boat. Well, every time he gets in there, he goes to messing with those switches. And so I, I don't check behind him. And so what happens is my, my aerator pump, he flips it on. So that thing's just a running, dry running, no water, running my battery down. And so when I do want to go fishing, dead on the hammer. But you know what? It's all right. Bubba done it. Now, if my wife would have done it, we'd have had words. But, but uh, Bubba done it. Bubba done it. It's all right if Bubba does it. Amen. Watch this here now. Watch this here now. I'm having fun. Y'all having fun? Verse 16, if you're still with me there in, in the book of Psalms. David is coming to a place where he's getting his mind together. He says, as for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry loud, and he shall hear my voice. David discovered that he didn't have to move. David discovered... He didn't have to change youngins. David discovered, listen, that uh, everything's going to be all right. You know what? You know what David done? He found himself an altar. Now listen to me. I'm, listen to me now. I've been doing this a long time. Listen to me. When you get down, when you get that inside pressure, you better find yourself an altar. You better find yourself a place to pray. You better find yourself a place that you can get along with the Lord. Altar. Find yourself. Listen, these all, thank God for these altars. That's what they're here for is to pray. But friend, you better have more than this. You better have more than these. You better have you an altar somewhere. I remember in Okeechobee, I hadn't been preaching uh, maybe two or three years and and we was going through a hard time in Okeechobee, and and I, and I remember I, I lived by some palmettas. Y'all probably don't know what palmettas is up here. We, but down south we got palmettas, and uh, and and I'd get out there in that palmetto patch where the rattlesnakes are. But I'm getting with the Lord, so the Lord's going to take care of me and keep that rattlesnake over around on that side. And I get over in that palmetto patch, and I'll go to crying to the Lord. Lord, you know what I'm going through. Lord, you know my heart. Lord, you, you know I love the church. You know I love the people. God, I need you. Lord, I need you. You know what I've done? I found myself an altar. It don't have to be a wood altar. It could be out in the Palmetto Patch. It could be in your closet somewhere. But by all means, make it you and God. Nobody else, just you and God. Where you can talk to him, nobody will bother you, nobody will mess with you. 
And you can just get with God and you can share with him your burden. You can share with him that inside pressure that's in there that's about to destroy you. You can share it with him and God will help you with it. Now, you say, preacher, what, is there anything else? Is there any other time that I need to say, help Lord? Well, when intercessory is asked for, you say, intercessory, whenever, whenever somebody says, I need prayer. Now, in my church back home, a lot, I guess, you know, a lot of times we don't do it here because of different reasons and all, but, but uh, uh, during an during announcement, I would, uh, I would ask, anybody have a prayer request? And, of course, there'd be several of them, you know, one over here and one over here and one back there, and, and, uh, and, and they had a prayer request. Now, you know, if they, if they wasn't serious, they'd never spoke up. If they wasn't serious about that request, they'd have never said anything about it. I'm saying learn them two words, help Lord, when there's intercessory to prayer. Whenever somebody asks for prayer, we're quick to say, I'll remember you in prayer. Maybe you'll get a phone call and somebody's having problems and say, will you, you know, will you remember me in prayer? Will you pray for me? Oh, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll remember you in prayer. And we hang up the phone and that's the last time we think about it. Don't look at me like that. You know I'm telling the truth. Listen, in the church, they'll say uh, six or seven people, you know, got a prayer request. And uh, what you need to do is take your pen out, get you a piece of paper, and write down, so-and-so is in the hospital and needs prayer. You say, why do you do that? Because you won't never remember them if you don't. If you'll write those names down and what that problem is, carry it home with you. And when you pray at nighttime or in the morning, whenever you pray, I hope you pray. When you pray, Pull that paper out, say, Now, Lord, so and so needed prayer. So and so is having problems. It might even be that inside pressure problem. But, Lord, they need you and they need help. And, Lord, would you help them? Help, Lord. When do I use those words, help, Lord? Whenever there's inside pressure. Whenever there's a need for intercessory to prayer. We need to remember those words, help Lord. And uh, I, I, I use that and I say that. Sometimes we fail to pray for those because sometimes we're scared that God might want to use us to help them. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Well, I ain't going to pray for them because God may just want me to be the one that helps them. Maybe they're having a financial problem. Well, Lord, help them, but don't, don't, don't call me out because I don't have a, that much money to help them too. Follow what I'm saying? Why don't we just say help, Lord, and if the Lord tells you to help them, help them because God will give you what you need. If you believe in prayer, if you believe there is a God in heaven that knows Friend, listen to me. If he knows ever feather on a bird's back, 
If he knows every head, hair on your head, he's a great God. Amen. If he can make the trees and make all that's here, the animals and everything that goes with it, I think he's able to take care of you. I think he's able to give you some funds to help somebody else. And may I say, if you do it for the right reason, don't do it to say, boy, look what I've done, because you just got your reward if you do. But if you do it because you want to be a help, listen, God will bless you and God will help you. But uh, there's sometimes we don't want to pray for somebody because we're scared God might want us to be their answer. Let me give you an illustration of what I'm saying. Nehemiah. Remember Nehemiah whenever, whenever he was praying to the Lord? And Nehemiah said, well, I'm going to go and, and I'm going to go check it out. And, uh, of course, the walls is flat. I mean, block laying everywhere. It was around Jerusalem. If you've ever been to Jerusalem, it's a big place. Those walls are, I mean, it's, it's humongous. And the walls was down. The enemy had done tore the walls down. And so Nehemiah was praying, Lord, uh, uh, they need them walls back up. And so the Lord said, well, Nehemiah, go put them up. Oh, Lord, you shouldn't have said that. I, I don't have the ability to do that. But you know, Nehemiah obeyed God, and they got the walls up. What about Moses? Remember Moses whenever he went up on the mount and, and was talking to God? And Moses was saying to the Lord, Lord, those Israelites have been over there in bondage for 40 years. They need some help. Lord, they need, they need some relief. The Lord said, well, Moses, you go over there and bring them home. <laughs> what if you was Moses? So you got to understand, Moses fled Egypt because of uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh was wanting to kill him. And Lord, and Moses was the type of fellow that when he got a little nervous, he, he, he began to stutter, stutter real bad. Lord, I can't do that. I, man, I stutter. I, I can't go over there. And you know if I go over there, Pharaoh's going to kill me. And so I'm saying intercessory to prayer. Listen, pray for those and don't worry if God wants you to do it or not. Did God not take care of Nehemiah? Did God not take care, listen, of Moses? Did Moses not go back over there? Listen, I, there was 10 plagues, and I'll not go through all that happened. But uh, on that last plague, listen, Pharaoh said, take him, go. I can't stand no more of this. So God honored, and he took him, and they went out. And, of course, that wasn't all the problems. And you know, you know all the problems that goes with that. But Moses didn't want to do it. Do you want to help? When you pray, if God asks you to help, are you willing to help when you pray and God calls you to it? What about old Jonah? Oh, boy, everybody knows Jonah. Every little kid, you can ask that little kid about Jonah. He knows who Jonah is, and he knows about that whale. And uh, God told him, listen, uh, Jonah, you need to, you need to go and and, and, and preach in Nineveh. Tell them folk what they're doing wrong. Tell them that, listen, they're against me and, and, and on and on. And so uh, Jonah didn't like those words. So what does Jonah do? Jonah gets up 
and goes over there to Tarsha, and uh, not Tarsha, but Joppa, and found a, found a, a boat going to Tarsus and said, uh, give me a ticket. I want to get on that boat. And so he got on that ship, went down in the bottom, and went to sleep. Well, you can go to the bottom of the ship if you want to, but you ain't getting away from God. You know the story well. Whenever that, he got down there and went to sleep. God brought a strong wind. Waves come up. It was crashing the boat. And they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. He said, Jonah, what'd you do? And of course, he told him what he'd done. He said, what, what, what can you do, Jonah, to, to save us, to keep us from sinking? He said, throw me overboard. They threw him overboard, and he was swallowed by a whale. Three days and three nights in the belly of that whale. Boy, how would you like to be in that whale's belly? Seaweed all over you and all. I, I mean, I, there's a lot of questions I could ask. How did he breathe? How come that whale didn't bite him when he swallowed him? I mean, a lot of questions you can ask, but you don't ask questions with God because God has a way of getting your attention. He got his attention and got it well, may I say. So, listen, don't worry. Intercession of prayer, you go ahead and pray. You go ahead and write these names down and you take them home and you pray for them. And if it's the will of God that uh, you help them, God will provide a way himself for you. Amen? Anything else, preacher? Well, when there's instruction to be needed, you need to pray. Help, Lord. We don't always know the way to go, do we? We don't always know how to fix a problem. But I know one who does. Amen? Joshua said, help Lord about the walls of Jericho. Did you know that there's no way that, that uh, Joshua come up with that plan? There's no way that Joshua could have come up with a plan like God give him. Joshua, I'm going to answer your prayer. You wanted me to help you with these, with these walls. And uh, I'm, I'm going to help you. Joshua had to go in and fight the battle and kill the people, but the walls was there where they couldn't get in. And, uh, and the Lord said, i tell you what I'm going to do, Joshua. He said, you get the men, you get the soldiers, and you get whoever, and y'all go around. One time a day, marching around. And he said, you do that for six days. Who in the world would ever think about that? Who in the world would ever come up with a plan like that? March around the walls for six days. And he said, I tell you, he said on the, on the seventh day, he said, march around it seven times. And on that last trip around, beat those cisterns, beat those lanterns. Everybody shout. And when they did, the Bible said that the walls fell flat. I, I don't know about you, but flat's flat. <laughs> I mean, you can't take that. Flat's flat. I think the Lord just opened the earth down, let them walls go down in there where they could get across. Now, if, if, if the walls just tumbled down, I mean, boy, they'd have a job getting over and getting across all that stuff. But the Bible said the walls fell flat. 
What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, listen, that, uh, that, that God honored Joshua's request. His request, when there's inadequate, when you, when you feel like you don't have the answer, you don't know what to do, say, help, Lord. Whenever, whenever a preacher called me last week and said, uh, Dad, you want to preach next Sunday? Boy, my eyes opened up. I mean, I'm a preacher. I don't care if I do have bad lungs. I love to preach. God puts that in there. Listen, if you don't like to preach, you ain't a preacher. God didn't call you. But God called me some 50 years ago, and I've been doing my best ever since. Now, since I've been to Alabama, I hadn't done that much, you know, because I, you know, I get I get nervous and and I get a little shook up, and uh, and I don't mean to, but it just happens. So when he called me, I said, "You bet, man, I'm ready." And uh, so all week long, man, I've been studying, I've been praying. I said, "God help me, help me to remember," because man, I may have Moses building an ark, amen, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I preach to people who knows the Bible a little bit. Amen. But, uh, but I, I get nervous. Why, preacher? Because, man, I want to do my best. I want to give them the best. And sometimes I feel like I just can't, you know, because I can't preach like I want to preach. And I've been praying. You know what I prayed? Help, Lord. Lord, I need you. I need you this Sunday. Those folk need some help. Those folk need some help. Do you know? Do you know they might be somebody in this congregation right here today, this morning, that's got that inside pressure? You don't know. I mean, they may be smiling. They may look the happiest of anybody. But boy, in that heart, they're hurting. Something in their life's come to, come to play. And man, they've got that inside pressure. They're hurting bad. They're hurting bad. In this, I'm talking about right here this morning. In this congregation, you don't know. Maybe a young person, a girlfriend. Listen, told them to get out of here. Well, you need to smile, young man uh, or young lady. I mean, you. They may be. They may be a couple on the way to church. Man, y'all. Y'all fought like cats and dogs till you pulled into the parking lot. <laughs> you put on that face. Amen? Boy, inside you was hurting. Inside you was hurting. Let's say, help, Lord. Now, let me, let me give you this, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land this plane. God came up with the plans for that going around. Listen. The walls six times, one time for six days and seven times for, listen, one day and the walls fell flat. Nobody else could have done it, but God done it. Proverbs chapter three, verse five. Now watch this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Friend, you ain't going to figure it out. Joshua may have been saying within himself, Lord, are you sure that's what you want me to do? Get everybody and march around them walls one time a day for six days? It don't sound, it don't sound good. It don't sound right. 
but it ain't supposed to. He said, just trust me. Just trust me. He said, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, excuse me, him, and he shall direct thy paths. What about David when he came back from Ziglag? Remember the story? I'm sure you've heard it or read it. When David took his army and went into Ziglag and, uh, and, and beat the enemy and came back. But when he come home, now watch this now, stay with me. When he come home, all the wives of the, of the, of the soldiers was gone. Their animals was gone. Their food was gone. Now watch this. Watch this now. The soldiers came to David and said, David, what in the world? What's going on? We go over and we do this and, and look what's going on. They were about ready to kill him. And I could probably understand that. My wife gone. Listen, Rover's gone. My cow's gone. My horse is gone. I mean, my food's gone. Everything's gone. And, and I can probably understand why those soldiers felt like that. He's ready to kill him. Say, so what'd he do? The Bible said he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know what he's you know what he done? That encouragement was help Lord. David come to a time, boy, he needed some help and he needed it right now. He needed it, he needed it fast. Just simply help Lord. You know what God said? He said, David, he said, get your army back together. Pursue them and get your stuff and come home. You read the story, you'll find out he done what God said to do. They pursued him, killed him, got their stuff, got their wives, got all their animals, and come home and not one soldier was killed. It pays to obey God. What did he say? What did he say? He said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own If you lean to your own understanding, you're going, you probably won't do it. That's why God said, listen, lean not unto thine own understanding. Because you, you don't understand what God's doing. You, don't, you can't figure out what God's doing. But God's got it all under control, friend. When iniquity abounds in our heart, help Lord. When there's something in your heart, and you know it, nobody else knows it, but you know it. When there's iniquity in there, when you ain't really right with God like you ought to be, there's a simple fix to that. Help, Lord. You know, God ain't going to laugh at you. God knows it anyhow. God knows when you've done it. God knows all, he knows more about you than you know about yourself. How many hairs is in your head? I don't know what God does. He knows more about you than you know. So go to him and say, help, Lord. I got a problem in my heart. Lord, I've done something I ought not to. Or maybe you ain't done something you ought to have done. And you hadn't done it. Help, Lord. 